0: This is Hearts of Oak podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And hello, Hearts of Oak. Thank you so much for joining us once again. And it is absolutely wonderful to have an author of a book that I've had so much pleasure delving into and out of over the last two weeks, and that is A.J. Rice. A.J., thank you so much for your time today.
1: Brother Peter, great to be here.
0: Absolutely brilliant to have you. We've uh, tried to arrange this and uh, fallen aside a few times, but I am glad that we have eventually got together. So, And behind you... We can see the book itself. Let me bring it up. That is also a copy The Walking Dead How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. Uh, but your backdrop perfectly shows us the book. Everyone can find you at wokingdeadbook.com. They can read more on that and also at PublisPR on Twitter. Now, before we get into the book, recommendations. Some of the titles. Uh, maybe I can ask you to introduce yourself. You're out there across the pond from us here in the UK, out there in the, the deep depths of DC. Do you want to just give yourself a little bit of an introduction before we jump into the book itself, AJ?
1: Sure. Yeah, I'm coming to you live from Swamp Central, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Washington, DC, or should I say, right across the river in Virginia. Um, which you know, at least right now, has been liberated, at least temporarily, from wokeism. One of uh, one of uh, Her Majesty's or His Majesty's original favorite commonwealths and colonies, 1776, really was the most powerful, um, and it was people were afraid of Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, and uh, Virginia. Uh, and now we're afraid of New York and California. So the times have changed. <laughs> of course, times have changed. Although Massachusetts is uh, pretty kooky uh, as well. So I, uh, I'm a publicist to a lot of major media people and groups, names that have been on this show, like Naomi Wolf. Yeah. Um, I've worked with Donald Trump Jr. I worked with Peter Navarro. I've worked with um, you know, people like the late Charles Krauthammer, Victor Davis Hansen. Uh, you know, media figures in the United States like Laura Ingram and Pete Hegseth and Judge Janine Pirro. So, you know, I've got a lot of allies, um, I think. If they haven't been on the show, I'm sure they would love to. Um, But allies with the Hearts of Oak. But I worked on Capitol Hill, guys, even before that. I was Laura Ingram's executive producer after that. Originally, I was an English literature, uh, you know, devotee and teacher and, and reader and You know, that that wasn't going to pay the bills all the way. But uh, (laughs) now I run a marketing firm, um, which is interesting. Uh, You know, mom and dad, I want to go to school for marketing. No, that didn't happen. So Um, but I mean, we one of the things one of the reasons I wrote the book was nobody wants a coach that hasn't played the game. Yeah. So unlike a lot of the publicists in the States, I'm actually in and out of the trenches with my clients. So it, it, this, you know, going through this process gives me a, a little bit of a different perspective on what I've been putting them through, making them run the gauntlet for a decade. So um, I've always been a writer. I've always been a reader. Um, the book is fun. You know, you don't have to read it cover to cover. You can jump around. Um, I'm, part of the, I'm part of the short attention span theater generation. So, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of set it up like, a, like an album, a music, musical album with track listings. Right. So I know the younger, the younger viewers out there, they won't know what a CD is, but it was this uh, there was this disc that played music (laughs) Uh, long before Peter and I were uh, of age. So. um, So, yeah, look, it's fun. Some of it's horrific. Some of it's humorous. Some of it's both. So. um, But really, it's an honor to be here. I know you've got an audience of of patriots yourself, um, people that love their country. And uh, you know my uh, my prayers are with the royal family. I would like to say that Uh, I I wrote a piece in American greatness. I meant to send it to you, but uh, it was basically I was telling the American audience and the audience around the world: be thankful for the Queen's white privilege, Mm. because this was one of the this was Earth's philanthropist. Okay, more civilization has been spread by the English-speaking peoples of the world than anyone else, and it's not even close. So I've been battling some of the haters over here, Peter, and they are the Woking Dead. It's the usual suspects, you know, the mm-hmm. race hustlers and, and so on, um, that have been trashing the Queen. And look, I'm an Irish Catholic guy, and I'm defending the Queen, so we can all get together uh, and, and you know, t- you know, stand up for Western civilization.
0: Absolutely. Well, this will go out on the, the day of the, the Queen's funeral. So to our viewers and listeners uh, with us, we're recording this a few days before, but obviously this will go out on the actual day itself. But uh, as we have always said at Hearts of Oak, there are so many issues to embrace and engage with that we're not necessarily uh, held back by current events, but we know what we want to discuss. We know what the important Issues are and we need to address as a society. And that continues long past specific current events that we face. But can I just, uh, you have some wonderful, uh, wonderful, I guess. Praise, notes of praise on the book. You have Laura Ingram says, At last, my former radio executive AJ Rice unleashes a must read takedown of the cultural and political forces rampaging across America. You've got Steve Deeson, fantastic show on Blaze TV there. I've worked with AJ Rice in several book projects, and he is hands down one of the sharpest behind the scenes media players conservatism has. You've got Chris Salcedo. Newsmax, we all know from Newsmax, the culture war is on and the other side is playing for keeps. Stale and clueless politicians are ill-equipped to fight this war. In The Woking Dead, my friend, A.J. Rice, proves himself to be the answer to the left's attack on America's culture. You certainly have a lot of allies, a lot of people in the trench with you, A.J., um, and that's probably testimony to your many years of hard work. But it's also, I guess... It um it lifts your spirits to be able to look around and to see those figures side by side backing you, cheering you on as you try and address these huge issues in our culture
1: today. Absolutely, I mean, look, everyone that gave us a blurb for the book is fighting for Western civilization, for the United States, for their families, um, you know, for their employees, you know, um, and and the thing is, I look, I one of the reasons. If you go to publiuspr.com and you see our client list, one of the reasons everyone comes to us, and you know we don't have enough time to go over them all, but is because they know that I'm not the run-of-the-mill publicist. That I'm I'm I can be the leadoff hitter on your baseball team, or I can you know I can be a starter on your football team, right? Um, so, you know the thing is we are in this. We're all we're all going to hang together or not at all, right? So we're we're in this. And we're we're obviously in the United States and whether it's whether it's me or Peter Navarro or Steve Bannon or Laura Ingram or whoever it is, we're trying to, you know, not be the gang that, you know, is in a circular firing squad here. Right. We're trying to line up the troops so that we can stand for something and stand for, you know, Western civilization. I mean, look, the Republican Party's got problems. I mean, a lot of times they're the gang that can't shoot straight. And you know they love the media here. Loves certain Republicans. I'm sure you've got the same thing with, with you know with the Tories over there. And you know they want controlled opposition. Yeah. So my clients are not that. I mean, my clients are the people that are fighting back. Um, some of them are the people that have been even arrested. I mean, I've got Paul Manafort, Peter Navarro, Jerome Corsi. FBI's raided then. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I we published their books. So, you know, look, it's getting, you know, it's getting hot over here in the sense that, you know, there is a, a, a government overreach has gone into a place here mm. that we weren't really sure. I mean, it really, it hasn't happened in maybe 200 years. I mean, it maybe it hasn't <laughs> happened since we, we broke, we broke away from you guys. So, <laughs> I mean, there is, I mean, there is some serious stuff going on. I mean, we're having celebrities and media people they're having their phones taken by the fbi over here so um i mean they're up to something i mean i think that with the midterm elections coming you know your audience in the at least in the kingdom there needs to, to understand that you know they're the democrats are desperate yeah. and they are throwing stuff at the wall to see if they can fundraise off of it and to get their base juiced up because look you know the leader of the Woking Dead is the reanimated corpse in the White House. He doesn't exact. He does He really has two speeds: asleep and scream. That's what he does. He does those two things. So he can't get them excited. He can't get their base excited. So they're talking about abortion and they're raiding the president's house. And you know, the, you know, when they raided uh, the president's house, they were looking for copies of this book. Um, you know, these are these are the only copies left that the FBI didn't take behind me here, sir. Uh, no, but in all seriousness. They are trying to to get as much stuff out there to distract the American people before November to get them voting on, on anything, anything they can get their hands on, except for the fact that they have failed. Yeah. They have yeah. failed. They've they control all branches of government except the Supreme Court. And you know, other than they haven't got much done for their base. Um, there's some executive order nonsense happening but beyond, and, and this is why they offered to buy out the student loans. I mean, look, Peter, understands understand something, okay? The university system here, you know, we've got a lot of, and look, I'm one of them, right? So we've got a lot of people that have gotten bachelor's degrees in sort of crazy things, like gender studies, but like, Underwater, underwater lesbian basket weaving, right? <laughs> so when he says he's going to bail these people out, yeah. he's, not, he's not coming in to bail out veterinary technicians or people with MBAs or phlebotanists or whatever it is, right? Because those people were able to get a job and go pay off their student loans. They're not sitting at the bookstore with Bernie Sanders tattoos on their face complaining about the lack of government handouts. That's who he's trying to bail out. He's trying to bail out people with bachelor's degrees in wokeism, some goofy humanities department stuff. And look, I believe everyone should study the humanities. I believe that we don't really – I mean, if you're going to get – you're never going to get me to say we shouldn't be reading Dickens and Twain. We should absolutely be reading Dickens and Twain and other things. But if you get a syllabus – From today, from the English Literature Department of a random college here, you're not getting Dickens and Twain. You're getting, you know, some lesbian novelist you never heard of or, you know, some, you know, trans, you know, midget person. I mean, you're you're just not going to get it. You're getting it's crazy town. I mean, and and most students here, because the Woking Dead controls the university system, they don't want to fight back. Right. So I used to. So you, you have a decision to make. You fight the teachers and you get a C, right? You get a below average grade or you, you, you just put up with it. It's only one semester, you know, you swallow the medicine and you comply because that's what most of what's going on here. Really? I mean, both wokeism and with COVID, it's all about compliance and it's all about to see how far they'll go, what your pain threshold is on whether you'll fight back. Whereas yeah. me, when I went into uh, university, the teacher would hand out the syllabus. I would then, on the second day of class, come in with the counter syllabus and say, and hand it out and say, if you want to know uh, the opposite of this garbage book, read this one. <laughs> yeah. Read this masterpiece, right? Go, you know, read Thomas Hardy, read Edgar Allan Poe, read, who, read, read Tolkien, whatever it was. You know, I did four years of this. Um, so I got kind of known as being, you know, a troublemaker, you know, which I'm from Philadelphia work. We're all, we're all troublemakers from Philadelphia. So, um, but that's what this really has been about. It's about compliance. It's about controlling the language, you know, pronouns and, and, and other crazy things. But one of the reasons I wrote the book was to, to fight back against that, to fight back against this sort of creeping authoritarianism. Um, and the attack on free speech, really.
0: Well, in the book, there are many areas you go into, and the chapters are short. There are four or five pages. People can jump in and out of them. Uh, You talked about the trouble being who is in the White House. You also talked about the education system. But you start off by looking at socialism, which is the ideology, I guess, that has been... Pushed. You talk about socialism as a ghastly ideology, it substitutes faith in God and the family for fealty to the state. You said it corrodes the soul and destroys personal responsibility. And that really uh, chips away at the idea of what it is to be in America, the American dream, the idea that you can actually achieve and have success come from zero up to 10, uh, that has been chipped away by absolute reliance on the state. Tell us about that, because that ideology will destroy America at its root.
1: So what keeps countries like yours and mine uh, healthy is having a vibrant middle class, And the left knows that they've known it for a long time because they need there to be no middle class. Mm -hmm. They need, they need the elites, which they're members of that they can control, whether it's a tech baron or, you know, an owner of a professional sports team, it doesn't matter. They have to destroy the middle class. And, you know, one of the, one of the things that I I like to talk about is how, how have they gone about trying to do that? Mm -hmm. So, the beginnings of the woking dead didn't happen yesterday. It there and there's always been political correctness and there's always been a nanny state, right? You're gonna snatch the salt out of your hand, you're gonna snatch the cigar out of your mouth, you know, don't do this, eat this, go here, you know. Fine. It's a form of control. We've always kind of had it. It's been different masters. Sometimes it was, you know, you know, religious people trying to tell us to do what to do. But if you want to find the, the, the beginnings of the Woking Dead, you've got to go back 100 years, pre-World War I. And when you talk about socialism, you have to understand something. The Woking Dead at its roots is cultural Marxism. So even before you know, the Romanovs were overthrown by you know, Gorky and Trotsky and Stalin and Lenin and the gang, and the Soviet Union came about, the Marxists were here, and they were surveying the landscape. And they were looking at our middle class at the time. They were looking specifically at our blue-collar workers, and they were thinking to themselves, huh, I don't know whether we can get these people to overthrow their government. I don't mm-hmm. think we can get a workers' revolution here, not even from the unions. Be- they-, they thought to themselves, well, we can't get a bunch of longshoremen and meat packers and bricklayers and plumbers and carpenters. They don't hate their country so they're not going to overthrow it we need different foot soldiers huh and your audience will recognize the villains i'm about to name because they're with us today so instead of the blue-collar workers they said okay let's do the long march through the institutions Mm -hmm. and they took over the government schools and academia they took over the silent picture industry they took over early radio which eventually they took over the theater districts right so that became hollywood broadway Right. In your country, the West End and, and, and you have your own, mm. you know, PB, you know, you have uh, the BBC and others. But they got in there and they found home in the Democrat Party with Wilson and Margaret Sanger, who invented Planned Parenthood and so on. Yeah. So so it's academia. It's Hollywood. It's the media. And it's the Democrat Party. You fast forward 100 years and here we are. And it's all the same villains, except now. Now they have something very special that protects them and hunts down Rice hmm. and Peter and hunts down hmm. members of this audience. And that is the digital brown shirts, yeah. big tech, big tech acts as the force field for these people. Big tech is the death star for these people. It's what allows them to shadow ban, demonetize, deplatform, and they can move. Look, 100 years ago, if you wanted to censor or cancel... George Orwell or the Bible or Hemingway or Graham Greene or whoever the hell it was that you didn't like that day, Twain, uh, it took a long time. It took lawyers. It took getting the church on your side, saying that something was, you know, libertine, so it had to be stopped. I mean, it, it, it was a process, whereas today they can shut you down with the flip of a switch. Hmm. Boom. Speed of light. Cancel. So that's who we're fighting. And that's the woking dead. And you know, they're they're it's challenging because they're everywhere. But, you know, have hope because this is the tyranny of the minority. In, in the United States, anyway, I believe fighting against these people is an 80% issue because it's not just cancel culture, it's critical race theory, it's teaching the 1619 project, it's allowing Steve and Gary to go into the women's bathroom and do whatever they want. Most parents, stateside, they're not having it. And they're scared to death of that. And they're worried about the true insurrection. There is an insurrection here, Peter. It's an insurrection of parents, you know, memo to Liz Cheney. And they're coming in November because they're fed up.
0: Well, tell tell us about it because I would – uh, chapter three is joe biden funeral home president i would get into that and i was there for the first time in april and june but we'll put him aside and actually jump at section two talks about the charge of the maga brigade uh talks about trump the first president in decades to see everyday americans as people not props he fought for them uh, in a way probably not seen since reagan tell us more about that because that's currently, just looking at the political side, and you've talked about some other areas in society and culture, but obviously politically, you're looking ahead until November the 8th, until the midterms. Um, Tell us about that charge of migrant Brigade, because really it is all about winning in politics,
1: isn't it? Sure it is. Um, So Trump really is an American original, and the closest thing that we've ever had to him had an era and a lot of, um, you know, devotees that came after him, very similar. And he was a populist guy, uh, a conservative guy. He had looked at the establishment, um, that it was around for three presidencies. And he was a member of the same party uh, uh, of these three guys. I'm about to name here. And he said that we've gotten corrupt. We've gotten away from the people. We've gotten too internationalist. We need to bring the... We need to bring politics home for the people. So Andrew Jackson, had, had, had who was a general and a populist, uh, Old Hickory, uh, very similar. Trump had a picture of him hanging in the Oval Office. Jackson had watched eight years of Jefferson, Madison, and Monroe, so 24 years of the Democrat Party getting sloppy and fat and happy, right? And he took the presidency... Home to the people. He opened the White House up, which was crazy. There were horses riding through the White House. He let everyone in. He was he was the populist populist, right? So you fast forward to Trump. Can what can I doing, sorry? could, could jump yeah. in?
0: Andrew Jackson
1: yeah. is home
0: isn't carrick fergus my hometown in northern ireland you can go past his house and i guess that shows the connection between here in the uk and ireland and the states but i i diverge so carry on well
1: let's let's get into that because jackson and trump are the only two presidents ever where one of their parents was born somewhere else Mm. and and for andrew jackson it it was in northern ireland his mother and and for trump it was in scotland it was his mother so there's a Scotch Irish thing going on here, yeah. right? Um, and and Trump and that that regardless of, of and his father had a German background. I mean, these people work their rear ends off, and this is why Trump, regardless of him wor- being worth, you know, nine bill nine billion, um, he was always more at home with the hard hat guys, right? On his job sites when he was building stuff in Queens, he grew up in Queens. The blue collar area right so so when you when people call him the blue collar billionaire there's something to that because jackson and trump both were part of this movement to push back against really both parties i mean look jackson had the presidency stolen from him mm. because of a deal cut by john quincy adams the son of john mm. adams and mm. henry clay to keep him from the presidency I mean, both parties, the Whigs and the Democratic Republicans at the time, were doing everything in their power to stop his ascendance because he was the ultimate disruptor. Does this sound familiar, ladies and gentlemen? Because we're living in this right now, okay? The Bushes, the Clintons, the Obamas, they threw everything at him to try to stop him. They might get a third shot, uh, you know, if he runs again. So, I mean, look, with Trump, just like with after Jackson. See, after Jackson was gone, you had the Jacksonians. And now, whether Trump is decides to run again or not, he at least took a bunch of linguine-spined Republicans and gave them steel in their spine. I mean, look at DeSantis. Look at Abbott. I mean, yeah. DeSantis is flying illegal aliens to left-wing hangouts. And, I love and, and, it. I and, love and it. Abbott, <laughs> and, and Abbott's left. Abbott's loading them on buses and sending them to Chicago and New York. Yep. I mean look, so now you have it, it's not just about Trump anymore. It's about Trumpism. It's about Jacksonianism. And you've got now you're going to have a generation it was Reaganism, right? People that became, you know, another Scotch Irish guy, people that people that they, they they were just so taken up with Reaganism that for it took really until Trump came along to hit reset on that. I mean, Reaganism was was around for 30 years. So, I mean, if if the Democrat party and the and the deep state want Trump to be around for 50 years top of mind of every voter. I mean, I dare them to try to prosecute him now. I mean, mm. look, he's a counterculture icon. Yeah. Right. Remember, remember when punk rock was the, you know, or, or the rock and roll, punk rock, gangster rap, whatever it was, the counterculture movement, right? They were like left-wing radicals. Well, guess who it is now? It's the audience of this show. It's it's people that are, you know, Trump supporters. And you know, that's why they're making crazy speeches like Biden did in Philadelphia, because they're scared to death of the people, because they know that we're now the counterculture. We're the counterculture icons. We're the rage against the machine, right? We're, you know, we're 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 the Sex Pistols, we're Metallica, right? We're we're the Dead Kennedys, we're the Ramones. So, and they're scared. Hmm. They're scared because Trump gave people something that was lacking at least really since Reagan, and that is they they found their voice. They're willing to fight for democracy. And to reject the premise of wokeism.
0: Tell when when you wrote this book, it's it's quite huge in its scope. You're looking at the political side. You're looking at culture. You're looking at Hollywood. You're looking at big tech and how that is uh, destroying us or curtailing us. And um, I mean, there's so many areas that you touch on china you a whole section on china there's so many areas for you personally as you put this together uh, was there a particular area that that struck you or really appeals to you as a, a big concern or kind of what did you come away when you looked at the whole project that you put together and think actually that one really sticks to me or concerns me
1: well look i'm uh i'm a millennial uh, I'm a geriatric millennial, but a millennial nonetheless. I'm I'm about as old as you can get. Um, and the millennials are turning 40 now. Yeah. Um, and the reality here is that one of the things that, and, and I don't mean to get all mushy now with your audience, but one of the things that disturbs me most is there's a section of the book called How I Did Not Meet Your Mother, which is a play on the CBS show here in the United States, which was called How I Met Your Mother. And even before COVID, the Me Too movement had made every heterosexual male into a predator. Yeah. Now, look, there were, the Me Too movement scalped some scalps that they probably needed to be scalped. Um, I mean, some of these guys were creeps, Weinstein, you know, Matt Lauer. I mean, there was, there was some people here that had to go. Now, ironically, the left was protecting these people for decades. Um, and then eventually, like all revolutions, they ate themselves. Right. But. You have the situation where Gen Z, which is after millennials, young people now, you know, a lot of them are in college now and, are, you know, are just about to get out. People born after 9-11, really. And September 11, 2001. The, the thing is, they already, because of the devices, have a hard time communicating with each other, right? So, the, you know, they were born with a, with a smartphone in their hands, most of these kids. And then they're told all males are predators, Toxic masculinity has to go. The Me Too movement. You got Madonna out front of the White House saying, I, I, I'm dreaming about blowing up the White House. As far as I know, her her mansion hasn't been raided from, by the FBI, as far as I can tell, right? So you have this. And the young people already, you know, they don't want to tell Sally she looks nice in class because she might think you're, you're, you're a rapist, right? So then China virus, boom send all these kids home. Mm. They lose almost two years of school. So they already were, they already had arrested development, right? Because of the devices and because, you know, women uh, think that they're all rapists. And then they're told also, well, if you're a boy, you might not be, what do you feel like today? You're a boy on Tuesday, you're a girl on Wednesday. And then they're sent home. They got no communication. They got no sports. People at work sent home. See, look, most people meet their spouse at work or at church, right? Or, you know, you work in in this building and you pass this woman in the hallway or on your way or you ride the metro or the the tube with them. and, And eventually, maybe like real human beings, you ask them to go get a cup of coffee or to the pub or whatever, right? So all of this was taken from us. Peter, I had to have, I got married in August of 2020. I had to have a secret wedding, like some crazy thing out of Game of Thrones, or the, or, 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 or you know, some. It was crazy. I had to have it like some out of Shakespeare, like I, in Virginia, during these phases that the crazy Virginia uh, governor at the time was doing. You know, oh, i have to rent this property, and I can't bring in caterers. I got to make sure the property makes its own food, and the this and the that, and the guest list. If it's above fifty-five, the cops may show up and arrest us. This is this is, what we, this is the craziness we went through. So for me, certain sections of the book that get into us and, and how we're losing touch with our own humanity. and look, you've had Naomi Wolf on. she touches on this herself. Um, to me, that, that is a problem because you've got these really young people where, you know, they're having a hard time being authentically human at this yeah. point, because they've been captured and controlled. Which is what they want, and they use TikTok and other things to get inside these kids' heads, right? So that to me was special. Just and I'm going to continue to write about that type of stuff because um, the damage that's been done here to your adolescents and you're the kids in the UK and the kids, you know, in Canada, you know, in the in the in the English speaking world, even in Israel. I mean, it's bad what has yep. been done here, right? So. Um, I mean, some parts of the world, they're used to this authoritarianism, you know, they got, they got all different flavors of authoritarianism. It's like Baskin and Robbins, right? They're you know, all these different flavored ice creams, but we, we're not used to that here. And boy, Peter, they loved it. We gave them this power over us. Oh, they do not want to relinquish it. Right. And it's like, you know, from my, from their cold dead hands, they're trying to let us go here. Um, and that's why I call it a dress rehearsal too, is because they were kind of watching to see, huh, well, let's do this and see if they complain and let's do that and see if they complain. Right. I mean, George III tried that with us, but I'm not sure if, you know, with the Fed, with the deep state doing it, the federal government doing it, half of our country complies. It's Mm -hmm. unbelievable. And they're, they're happy to comply. Yeah. I mean, they just, you know, run up in front of the firing squad in front of the wall and say, aim for me. Here I am. So, you know, we've got a fight on our hands here.
0: Uh, we have exactly the same uh, acquiescing to authority whenever authority is destroying you and people submit to it. We have exactly the same issue. AJ, thank you. So it's it's wonderful to have people on talking about what they're putting together. And I'm sure a lot of hard work, uh, a lot of blood, sweat and tears into putting together something. It is a, a large book, but it is something people can Come in and out of and grab those chapters. Um, so I'd encourage our viewers to go. All the links will be in the description, whether you're watching or whether you're listening to any of the podcasting platforms. All the links are there. I would encourage our viewers to get a hold of that. We probably interview two people a month on on books. So it's actually not that many. And this is certainly a book which I think our viewers will be fascinated about, uh, will want to delve deeper in, um, and will want to get a hold of. So, AJ, thank you so much for coming along and sharing the book with us, The Walking Dead. And I know our viewers will want to get hold of it and enjoy it.
1: Well, sir, thank you. And thank your audience, you know, giving us, giving me access today, but you know, continuing, we'll continue to bring you great content. I really appreciate the opportunity here. You know, the UK, United States, it is as special as ever. We're both fighting the same fight. So let's be arm in arm and uh, you know, keep fighting. Okay. I really appreciate it.
0: Not at all. It's a pleasure to have you on. And, To our viewers, listeners, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Do make sure and get hold of the book. Uh, Do go to the website uh, and do share it with some others. So it'd be a a wonderful, we're into September. uh, What would be a wonderful Christmas present to maybe educate some of our colleagues and friends who or maybe not aware of these issues, what a, you couldn't really get a better book than The Walking Dead to give to them at Christmas, educate them, and make it a really great Christmas for them. So on that, i wish our viewers and listeners a, a great rest of your day. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you on the next interview. So thank you so much, and goodbye. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsovoke.org. Thank you for listening.